0: Blog Talk Radio Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now I encourage you to sit back Buckle up and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. This is Marnie. Welcome to Marnie's Friends. Our topic today is how to generate buzz, media buzz, for your book and our guest is Sandra Beckwith of com. So excited to welcome you all. During the next hour, I hope you will grab a pen and pencil or a notepad and take some notes because you're going to discover what publicity is as it compares or differs from advertising, how to understand the essential buzz-building mindset and use it to attract media attention, the three best and easiest-to-use publicity tactics, how to create and use a tip sheet, and why you want to, some mistakes you'll want to avoid, and more subtle mistakes that even some of the pros make. And our guest today is a perfect person to talk to us about this. Her name is Sandra Beckwith. Her website is buildbookbuzz.com. She's a nation, or national award-winning former publicist who now teaches authors how to promote, publicize, and market their books. She, uh, and you can actually go over to her website to get free tips and advice twice a month by subscribing to her free Build Book Bus newsletter. Welcome to your Sandra. Thank you so much,
1: Marnie. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, I am excited to have you here, and we got a lot of great stuff going on during this hour. So uh, we want to just go ahead and get started. And May, can you tell us a little bit about how you started to be a book publicist or book assistant to authors like you do now? Yes,
1: you know, I um I started a very long time ago. I majored in journalism and public relations in college. So, the first 20 years or so of my career, I spent as um a publicist doing product publicity that and some of the products included books. I eventually burned out on that, so I shifted over to using my journalism degree and became a non-fiction writer, you know, magazine articles, books, newsletters, that mm-hmm. sort of thing but i you know i just couldn't let go of that that sort of innate uh, um interest in publicity it, it it's more of a some more of a, like an illness where you're always seeing <laughs> angles you know it's like it's like oh wow i know how i'd publicize that it's you know it it really is it's 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 a it's curse a, yeah, right <laughs> yeah so okay, I, I, okay. <laughs> I couldn't let go of it so i sort of i brought both of them together both my experience Um, publicizing books of others, and my own author experience to start teaching authors how to publicize, promote,
0: and market their books. That is so cool. And I love how you just described that. Like you just couldn't quit seeing it places. And you know one of the things that I always encourage people is you are uniquely built, and other people don't see it the way you see it. They don't say it the way you say it. They can't do what you can do. And it's really cool that you figured out, you know that this is such an angle for you, both the writing, but also publicity side of things. So let's dive right in, Sandra, and talk about maybe the difference between publicity and advertising, because I think a lot of us just think that it's all the same thing. I think you're absolutely right, Marnie. You know, I've um,
1: I've got a uh, several siblings. My oldest brother will always say to me, "So, Sand, how are things in the advertising business?" <laughs> And I always just, you know, kind of roll my eyes and say, I, I don't know, Gary, you're just going to have to ask somebody who is in that business because <laughs> it's not me. So, so let's prevent that conversation between other siblings listening in, Marnie. And, and I'll tell you That's the awesome. difference. Most people are familiar with advertising. You know, they recognize commercials when they see them on TV. They know what an ad looks like in a newspaper or a magazine. They know that with advertising – you pay for it, and you control the message. You control what the message looks like, and you control where and when the message appears. So you've got total control over advertising, which is you know a marketing tool, and um, you pay for it. Now, publicity, on the other hand, is when you are interviewed by a news media outlet, or when you or your product or your service or your book gets featured in the news, gets featured in a news media outlet somehow. So either you get a mention or you're interviewed. That goes into the news content of a newspaper, a magazine, a blog, or a radio station, a TV station, or a TV network. It's it's the news content, and you are included in that, and that is called publicity. Now, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything to get that publicity. And it is far more powerful than advertising because it brings with it the implied editorial endorsement of that media outlet. So say Marnie you are interviewed um in a newspaper. Let's just say you're let's say you're interviewed by USA Today, um about you know, any kind of random topic, but you've been interviewed by USA Today. People are really impressed when they sit down with their copy of USA Today or more often these days they read it online and they see you quoted. They're like, Whoa, hubba hubba, look at Marnie, she's hit the big time Now, if you had paid for an ad in that same issue, they might look at it and go, wow, Marnie must be doing well enough that she can afford an ad in USA Today, and then they move on. They're not impressed. But when you're interviewed or, say, your book is mentioned, people are really impressed, and that's because they know that the media gatekeepers – who are reporters or producers or editors, they know that those people are select the resources they work with to turn out a, a story or a segment, and so they're impressed. So it gives you that publicity gives you so much more credibility than you can ever get through advertising. But the downside, Marnie, is that you can't control it. Not only do you not pay for it, but you can't control it. You you know, you don't you don't even know if they're going to use the material from you that they said they would use. But if they do, um you're golden. And if they don't, you've really lost nothing but time. So, you know,
0: that's the bright side of that. It's so true, um, and and there are so many different ways, we're going to talk about this all hour now, so you guys just get out your uh, notebooks, but um, there are so many different ways to go about looking for publicity, to go about positioning yourself to be something that someone in a position who is making the decisions about that wants to look at, wants to quote, wants to feature, and so it it is so important. And I, I agree with you, you know, that people, like, I love how you said, you know, if they see your ad in USA Today, they're like, wow, she's doing well enough, she can afford that ad, which is true. And that's funny. I've never thought of that, that like that, but that's true. But it's also true that, that we have just, you know, we have ad blockers. Everybody has a subconscious ad blocker, you know, commercial, turns a channel. You know, I mean, we just all have that thing that comes up in front of our face when an ad comes by. And that is just not there with a news story. With a news story, an article we're we're just we're very receptive to read what it is is saying and to really hear it without that filter going on. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the um the mindset then behind that. Absolutely. And you know, Marnie, I can tell already
1: just by what you've said that that you are somebody who understands publicity, right?
0: Yeah, I've gotten
1: quite a bit, yeah. You no, know, that'll make this even more fun because you'll you'll ask really good questions. So good, let's let's dig in then. So uh, you know, and what I want our listeners to know is is this mindset, and and here is the key to the mindset. What you need to know, understand, and embrace is that if you're an author, you are an expert, and it doesn't matter if your book is fiction. Or nonfiction. With nonfiction authors, they can they can grasp this concept a little more easily than fiction authors can, than you know, the novelists can. Um because nonfiction tends to be, you know, a a topic that you've researched a lot and by the time you've done enough research to write a book, you know enough about the subject to call yourself an expert. And and a lot of nonfiction experts um uh, no more than one book's worth you know they can write several books on the topic that they're knowledgeable knowledgeable about and so they are experts novelists are can also be experts not only are they experts in how to write a, a good fiction book but they also do a lot of research for the books that they write to make sure if they're um, you know, protagonist is in a certain profession. They've done the research to make sure that they've portrayed that profession accurately. They do research into settings. A lot of times they do historical research, all of which helps position them as experts on those various, um, we'll call them nonfiction nuggets within their fiction oh. um, manuscript. So the idea is that you are an expert and you need to use that expert status to get publicity for yourself and your book. So, do you want to talk a little bit about how how to do that, Marnie? Yeah, let's do that. Well, when you think about, um, ex- you know, when you think about being an expert, the next thing you want to do is think about, well, what kinds of topics could i discuss with a reporter you know that that are generated from my expertise and so you sit down and think about all right what do i know a lot about that a newspaper might want to write about or a business journal might want to write about or a magazine might um, a trade magazine, for example, or that a radio talk show host might want to interview me for, or that a TV talk show host might want to interview me for. What kinds of topics coming out of my broader book topic would interest people in a shorter form than a book? And you sit down and you list that those topics, and those topics all become article or segment ideas that you then pitch to a media outlet and pitch being sort of an in industry word that basically means propose or 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 sell perhaps you know you propose to them that they write a story about this topic and that you are one of several people that they interview for that story, and that's one key detail. It's not very often, it happens, of course, but it's not very often that we will be profiled individually where a whole article will be about us. It does happen for sure, you know, depending on the subject. And it happens with alumni publications, you know. If you've got something big going on, there's a really good chance your alumni publication um, will profile you, and it'll be all about you and nobody else. But generally speaking, magazines and newspapers um, tend to write about topics um, more than people. Again, generally speaking, and we're not talking about People magazine, but generally speaking, they will write more about topics than individuals. And even when they do write about individuals, they will interview other people about that in- individual. You know, They will get other input from people who know the individual to help round out the character so that they're getting information from more than one source, that source being the individual or the author. So um, they write, but like I said, they tend to write about topics, and so you want to help them write about that topic by not only proposing that they interview you, but also giving them names and contact information for other resources that could contribute to that article, or perhaps if you're talking about a TV talk show, you know maybe another person who could be a guest on the same show as you so that you've got two different perspectives on the topic, which then makes it a little more interesting for viewers and listeners. So you use that expert status... To pitch story and segment ideas that will use you as an information source and put you in the media spotlight in a big way or sometimes a small way. It just depends on the nature of the story. And I bet that rings true with you, Marnie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you're pitching, so when you're pitching a story, it's a little different from pitching yourself. Um, now you're pitching a broader picture, which is uh, much better. Uh, I don't like uh, radio news, radio interviewers like myself, or if you're trying to get on a TV show or into a newspaper. The last thing we want to have you send over is something like, um, "I have a new book. Uh, I'm sure you'll want to interview me." Um, no, that doesn't qualify. You have to really give a topic. And I love that advice. When you when they're sending. And are we going to get into this a little bit more later when they're like they're, when they're sending an email um, with pitching their idea? Do you have a topic line, a subject line that you find works good on the topic category? Let's talk about that now. And that is a
1: great question. What's the subject line of your email message when you're sending a pitch? You know, it depends on who you're you're sending it to. Um, you know, whether, again, whether it's, you know, radio, TV, newspaper, or even a blogger, you'll vary it according to um, what they use. But somewhat generically, you might say something like story idea, colon, so that right up front, they know that you've got something that might make their job easier. So for, for print, it would be a story idea. For um for radio, you might um, call it an interview idea, and for TV, depending on what you've got, it might be a segment idea. So set it up that way so that they know then immediately what's in that email to follow, and then have a very brief discussion, a uh, description, I mean. Um, something that's attention getting, um, but not over the top, but something that makes them think. For, it, makes, it gives them two bits of information. One, it tells them what the idea is. But two, it tells them in a way that's attention-getting enough to keep them reading on. So, um, uh, you know, I'd have to think what would be an example that we could give. I think the, the best way to describe it is just to say um, just try to be engaging and try to be interesting um but don't be ridiculously over the top, because that's a mistake some people make. <laughs>
0: well, this is Marty We're visiting today with Sandra Beckwith of buildbookbuzz.com. We're going to come right back, talk about the three best and easiest ways to use publicity tactics. We'll be right back.
2: Christian Women's Events. At info. you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area, or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click add event. Event publicity is available on a per event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at Women's womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Hey, welcome back. This is Marnie
0: Sledberg. We're talking today with Sandra Beckwith, so- BookBuzz. dot com about how to generate media buzz for your book. And uh, just before break, we were talking about if you're going to want to uh, grab the attention of um, uh, maybe a print editor or a radio or TV producer, uh, you're going to need to send send your story idea in a certain way. You know, Sandra, uh, is that one of the best ways to use publicity tactics? Is to go ahead and and pitch story ideas then.
1: Absolutely. It's one of the smartest things you can do. And what you want to do is, um, before you do your pitching, you want to, first of all, know your target audience. You know, you're an author. You you need to know who the audience is for your book. And then you want to know what they read, watch, and listen to. And those are the media outlets you go after. You you go after the media outlets that influence your book's target audience. And I recommend starting with a a short list, um, say, depending on whether your book is local, regional, national, international, starting with a short list of if you can do like 10 to 12 media outlets that are important to you. And really, really kind of, when it comes to pitching article ideas, zero in on them. And you know, Marnie, depending on your book, they could be trade magazines. You know, if your book is, let's say, how to um how to hire the best staff for your restaurant your targeted media list should include restaurant trade journals for sure and the newsletters published by restaurant trade associations or you know trade associations wh- whose members are restaurant owners restaurant managers and operators so really know your target audience know what media out, out um outlets influence them and then Put them on your very targeted hit list. You can, for other types of publicity, you can go beyond that small hit list. But when it comes to pitching article ideas, it really works best if you um, know the outlet really well and know where your idea might fit into that outlet, whether it's talk radio or whether it's a magazine or a newspaper. You really, um, a lot of publicists, you know, sort of do this um, mass, mass email approach. They work with a very big media list, and they send the same article or segment idea to all of them, hoping that it might stick. You'll be far more successful
0: if you really customize your activities. Sandra, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was sitting here thinking, what really is frustrating for me is when I get these blasts that aren't personalized at all to the show, they have no idea. I mean, even if they know that I don't do that kind of a show, they still include me because I'm on their mailing list. And you know what that causes me to do is to not look at any of what they send me because I just don't have time. Uh, So I just go for the ones that are more targeted, that are directly addressing the types of topics that we interview. Those are the ones that get opened, which is back to the subject line again, why it's so important to tell what you're going to talk about in your subject and to go forward. And and I agree, too, that it's really important to target it down, to narrow it down. And I love this approach. Instead of just doing like a press release, this is actually a service to them where you're actually thinking through the article or the story idea for them a little bit. And you don't want to be too ownership on that, but at the same time, they can tell that you've thought about them instead of just pitching something to the masses. And it, it does make a difference. Right. And the, you know, the
1: one key point here too is um, journalists are busy. And on the newspaper side in particular, um, they're losing staff on a day-to-day basis, but yet they still have to put out that newspaper, both print and online. So they have to generate content with fewer and fewer people. The the easier it can you make it for them to do their job, the more likely they are to act on your idea. So really focus on helping them do their jobs, and you will make a journalist friend. Um, sidebar to that, before I forget, I want to point out that because newspapers in particular have shrinking staffs, they are now using more content from outsiders like us, particularly content that they don't have to pay for. So there are more opportunities for us to um, write our own articles and write our own columns and get them into newspapers than ever before. Um, But you really have to do it. You know, you really have to know what you're doing. You can't just send them garbage because it won't get used but if you can write in a journalistic style, you've got opportunities there, and so that's just a little sidebar,
0: right? And and you know, from my perspective, and I know, like working with Dan Janel, PR leads, and different things like that. When when you write when you write the entire media pitch as if it's a story ready ready to be published, then that gives them two opportunities. Well, actually, three opportunities. Mm-hmm. Number one, they can say sorry, not interested. Number two, they can say love it. I'm just going to use it. But number three, they can say, what a great idea. I didn't even have that on my radar, or it's on my radar. I was working on it already. I want to include some of this information. And so really, you've got the biggest chance possible to be published. And sometimes, if you, like you just said, if you craft it right, it's just going to go in exactly the way you sent it, which is truly astounding, <laughs> really an opportunity.
1: Right, and one key point here, too, that I encourage authors, if you've got, um, let's say, a national audience for your book, and I think most authors do, to tell you the truth, national or even international, I always recommend that they start locally with their publicity efforts first. And I I recommend that for a couple of reasons. One is um, let you get your feet wet and let you get comfortable with the idea of being interviewed. You know, you're sort of testing your voice um, in a smaller way where where if you make a mistake it will do less damage. Um another reason is it helps give you the practice that you need before you hit the big stage for media interviews. And the other thing here too is that it helps you test um pitches, ideas. What what's sticking? What works? What is resonating and what falls flat? Then you can then you can, you know, sort of jettison what falls flat and um refine what's working and take that out to a larger stage and see if you can get some attention. So use your own backyard really as as your own training ground as
0: as you um, flex your publicity muscles. Love that. I'm thinking of two things there. First of all, even if you have an article that comes out in a local paper, if they give it more of a national um, slant to the article, which is not up to you. And we're back again to the publicity point instead of the advertising, which when it's publicity, you aren't in the driver's seat. You just get to ride along wherever that uh, media outlet is taking you. But if they do happen to um, slant the article in a national way, it's possible that it could get picked up by the AP or some, and get additional mileage far beyond your local um news outlets. So don't, don't rule that out. The other thing is that I was thinking of, if you've never done it before, a blog tour is a wonderful way to begin because they're very inexpensive. They get you out into situations where people, through the blog comments, uh, first of all, for the blog interviews, you have to answer lots of questions. And then in the comments, they're asking you more questions. And this just helps you to really polish up your uh, answers so that you can sound Intelligent, and you can tell them like you thought this through before you get onto a bigger platform, and all of a sudden find yourself needing to answer questions you really never thought through before. So I thought earlier when I had done a blog tour on one of my first books, that was really um, a super growth experience because I just had had to answer a lot of questions, but I had time because it was in a blog setting instead of on the air uh, live. So that was really helpful to me. What's another uh, good or easy to use publicity tactic?
1: Well, let me just backtrack one minute to the blog tour. Sure. Um, another name for that is virtual book tour, and I have a free report on um, called Virtual Book Tour Basics that listeners oh, can cool. download. Yeah, it's just go to buildbookbuzz dot com and slash. So it's buildbookbuzz.com dot com slash and then virtual hyphen book hyphen tour hyphen basics. So, com slash virtual dash book dash tour dash basics. Kind of had to think that through. <laughs> so, just as an aside. But, you know, in terms of um, what I find are the best tactics for authors and the easiest to use, and Marnie, I work with authors a lot. I teach a couple of online courses. I offer training programs. I do one on one telephone coaching. So, I have a real sense of, of what 's easier for them and what 's harder so I, I in preparing for this i've tried to zero in on what 's easiest for them, and I think there are three tactics that i that I like to recommend: one is a press release, the other is a pitch letter, and we 've talked a little bit about pitch letters, and the other is a third one called a tip sheet, which I think we 're going to get into in depth but um, a press release is also known as a news release or a media release. And a press release is a document that announces news. It always has to be announcing news. And it's written in a journalistic style. It is basically what you were just talking about, where you write the story for the press, and then it gets picked up and used as is. That can be a press release, again, depending on what your news is. But in general terms, it's a news announcement, there is no hyperbole, there is no drama, there is no advertising, it is factual and journalistic, and it's written in a way so that if you have done it well, it gets used word for word, as is, and you don't even know it was used because you did such a good job that nobody even had to call you and ask you any questions. So that is part of your thought process as you're writing a press release. You know, you're thinking, okay, what does the end user need to know about this news? I need to include all of that so that this can be used, this document can be used as is, you know, by a radio announcer or a a, um, newspaper editor, whatever it might be. You want to answer all the questions. You want to do it in a factual way. And, again, you want to do it without drama because, remember, a news release needs to look like what you would read in a newspaper article, and you know they don't have um you know it's not like this is the most fantastic book you'll ever read <laughs> right <laughs> there there is you just don't you just don't find that except many times in weekly newspapers the articles submitted by the um parent who reports the basketball game results they tend to Throw in fantastic, and that tends to get used, but that's a different subject. So, again, news, factual, no exaggeration, Um, most important information at the top, least important information at the bottom, and that's because um, editors tend to cut from the bottom up. So if they're going to cut something, you want it to be the least important information. So that's a press release in a nutshell. The pitch letter is the email that you send to pitch the article idea or the um, the you, if you want to be a radio talk show guest, you want to be a guest on Marnie's show, you use a pitch letter to explain to her why your topic would be of interest to her listeners and why you're the best person to talk about that topic. And if you want to get on a TV talk show, you use a pitch letter. Um, and with TV, you have to remember that TV likes visuals. So even if it's a talk show... It helps if you can demonstrate something or show something or perhaps have some video that can go along with the story. And I'll I'll give you an example of um, a pitch letter I sent for uh, TV that was effective, and it was actually national television. My first book was a humor book called Why Can't a Man Be More Like a Woman?, And, Marnie, Mm -hmm. I had the most fun. I spent months interviewing men about why they do things like name their kids after themselves or wear their baseball caps backwards or why they'll cook, you know, outside at the grill but not inside at the stove, things like that. I I had so much fun. And then, you know, packaging it into a a book that makes you laugh when you read. So to publicize that, um, I sent a pitch to Home and Family, which um, is a syndicated TV talk show on cable, and I pitched them um, around the holidays on how to get a good gift from a man during the holiday season. And I used sort of as a springboard for this, I had run a worst gift from a man contest. And <laughs> I, as part of my pitch, you know, I mentioned that and said I would show on the talk show some of the prizes or some of some of the winners i 'm sorry, some of the winners in the worst gift from a man contest, so I promised them interesting visuals, I promised them interesting how to information, and also promised them that I had t v experience, and so i you know i wouldn 't be like a deer caught in the headlights um and it all worked, and I gave actor George Siegel, who was sitting next to me on the couch, advice on what to um how to shop for his new bride that holiday season. So it was really fun. But that
0: shows you. I worked in the the visuals and my experience. That's so cool. This is Marnie Sleber. We're visiting today with Andrew Beckwith of buildbookfund.com. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the three best and easiest to use publicity tactics, plus how to create your own tip sheet and why you must. We'll be right back.
2: WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit WomenSpeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com.
0: Welcome back. This is Marnie. Our guest today, Sandra Beckwith, is taking us through how to generate media buzz for your book. Right before our break, Sandra, we were talking about um, the difference maybe between a press release and a pitch letter, and there is a difference. What I've been noticing in the past few years is that The press releases that include more like a story, even though they're written definitely, uh, you never would say uh, first person in these uh, press releases. But if you will write that press release just a little bit more like a story would be written, um, they're getting used and they're getting picked up sometimes by real big papers. And like you said, it's a lot because they have a lot of, you know, the more information they have on their sites, the more Google finds them, the more hits they get. And It has to be great content, and so they're really looking for great content that matches with what's going on in people's minds that day, uh, that week. And you just, if you can really do a good job on that press release, take almost your pitch letter idea, turn it into a press release. Uh, that's that's a way to kind of put these two together. But then, like you said, the the pitch letter is also going to give you more exposure if they interview you. And I always say, you know, it's one thing when you say something about yourself. It's another thing when somebody says something about you. I mean, there's just more weight. It's like the difference between paid advertising and uh, media coverage. That's really the difference. It's it's them saying that, you know, you're this great author or that you're doing this great thing or versus you telling everybody how great you are. So that, that's really important. And, and both of these actually... Um, you you actually need to have a tip sheet ready to go for both of these, don't you?
1: Yes, you do. And you know that that I love that what you just said about it's better if somebody else says it about you. Um, I I worked with an author recently who was working on his book announcement press release. He sent me a quick email and he said, um, you know, is it okay if I if I refer to my book in my press release as um, an instant classic? And and I said to him. You know, no, actually it's not because um that's not something you can say about your own book. Somebody else needs to say that for you. You know, that needs to come through a testimonial, you know, or an endorsement, pre publication endorsement, or from a, a reader review later. But you you have to be careful about what you can say. Like on on the back cover of my first book, Why Can't a Man Be More Like a Woman, um, a media outlet had described me as a as a mod, as the modern day Irma Bombeck. So we could quote that on the back of the book. It says, you know, hailed as as um today's Irma Bombeck or the modern day Irma Bombeck, something like that, you know, blah 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 blah. Could not call myself a modern right. day Irma Bombeck. That that would it would just be um it would be wrong, it would be stupid, it would be inappropriate. So so none of none of those things are good. So so when somebody else says it about you, that's what you want and you you really want to run with it. So now let's shift to tip sheets and and the tip sheet is the number 3 of my, you know, there's the press release, there's the pitch letter, they serve different purposes and by the way, when you send a pitch letter, sometimes you can include um, the contents of a press release as background information with your pitch letter, so it, it can supplement your pitch. Um, and the third one is the tip sheet. So let's kind of dig into that. A tip sheet, Marnie, is a specific type of press, releases, press release that offers people tips or advice in a in a format that uses bullets or numbers. So think in terms, again, of an article that has bullet points or an article that has numbered advice. And what you do with a tip sheet is there's a there's a specific formula to follow, and you can get lots of information about this on my blog at buildbookbuzz.com slash blog. Scroll down on the right side. There's a search box. Just type in tip sheet, and you'll get information on my blog about um, some of these specifics. But for those who don't want to take that route, you start with um, your topic, and your topic to come up with your topic. Think in terms of the most commonly asked questions you get from people. Um, you know, Marnie, what's what's your book? Tell me your book, and I'll pull out a few tip sheet topics for that.
0: Um, well, let's see. I'm writing one right now, but let's go with my last one that was published: Kitchen Shortcuts.
1: Kitchen shortcuts. Oh wow, sounds like a book I need. All right, so kitchen <laughs> shortcuts, and it's and it it does just what the book says. It offers you shortcuts in the kitchen. So uh, uh, here's not- one tip. She so so you might hear from people a lot. They might say, um, Marnie, I've just moved into a new home and I'm trying to figure out where to um, put everything in the cupboards in my kitchen. What do you recommend? So you hear that a lot from people, you probably have that covered in the book, so then you write a tip sheet th- that is titled something like um 7 tips for organizing your kitchen for maximum effectiveness. And it might be put the pots and pans near the stove, and it might be, you know, keep the spices away from the stove. Whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> tips it might be or whatever shortcuts they might be. But for nonfiction, you can pretty much go through the table of contents of your book and use the table of contents as a starting point as well. So it's either commonly asked questions or your table of contents. You know, what are your chapter titles? How can you pull tips or advice out of your existing book content? So you're starting with a problem that people have, a common problem that people have. And that's your headline. It's it's always got a number, just like think in terms of the magazine um, cover, the cover lines on women's right. magazines. You know, three ways to you know make sure your man doesn't stray, things like that. That's what you want for the title of your tip sheet. You open it up with a description of the problem. You follow that, quoting yourself as the author of, you know, insert book title here, quoting yourself as the author, offering your perspective and saying that, you know, there's a solution to the problem. And then you have a sentence that sets up your tip. It says, you know, um, Swedberg offers the following four tips for solving um, your kitchen organizational problems, colon, and then tip one, tip two, tip three, tip four. Then you have a wrap-up paragraph that's a very brief description of your book, and information about where people can buy it. It's two or three sentences at the most, and bam, you're done. So it's a problem-solution format. You are qualified to offer the solution because, as you already know from this conversation, you're an expert. Your book gives you the credential to be the expert, so your book title is your credential when you are quoting yourself and then you have a brief reference to the book at the end of the tip sheet. It is a subtle but incredibly effective way to promote a book. Marnie, I spoke about um, oh, platform building at the University of Wisconsin Writers' Conference a few years ago, and I, I did the um, lunch keynote on platform building, and one of my tips was to um, write and distribute tip sheets. After lunch, one of the audience members came up, and he said, I just want to thank you so much for mentioning tip sheets. And I said, well, I'm, I'm glad you found that useful. And he goes, well, you know, actually, I'm a lifestyle editor at the Chicago Tribune, and we right. love tip sheets. We use them all the time, and we wish people would send us more of them. So he, so anything you can do to get authors creating tip sheets makes my job easier. So it was wonderful validation, Uh, but they
0: they work. They absolutely work. So based on that, do you have questions about tip sheets, Marnie? I have some input here. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I can't tell you how many people pitched the show, um, this radio show, and their list of questions that I should ask them during the interview always start with the same one. Why did you write this book, Uh, blah, 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 and then it goes on from there. And and honestly, um, when people have you on their show, when they're interviewing you for a newspaper ad, they, that's maybe going to be included somewhere inside. Like I did start that with you. But that's really, I mean, everybody has a reason for writing the book. That's really not the news. That's really not why they're going to have you on. They're going to have you on because of what you just said. One of the most common questions that people ask about your topic What is the greatest need of their audience? What's going to keep somebody from not turning to a different station when they're listening to this one? It's because what Sandra is sharing is so important to you that you have to stay and you have to hear the rest of this instead of going and listening to the music on the other station or to something else. And that's what every editor, that's what every producer is looking for. It's something that's going to hold the attention of their audience in a very crowded marketplace. And if you can't do that for them, then they can't, they can't support you that's just that's the bottom line they have to keep people's attention when when and how do you actually use these tip sheets uh once you get them made up
1: yeah great question um you use them in many different ways uh you you send them out to media outlets, and you've got your you know, your handcrafted list, but this is something that often has much broader appeal. Like in your case, if we're talking about kitchen shortcuts, you would want to send your tip sheet to the um, living sections of major daily newspapers all over the country, for example. You probably would want to send yours to consumer magazines that um, uh, have a slant toward um, – home or nesting, you know, that sort of thing. Like, you know, house and garden or house beautiful, something like that. Metropolitan life if that's still even published. Um, so there are the media outlets that run content on that topic. That's that's number 1. And you you've got your handcrafted list, but you can also get wider distribution by using paid press release distribution services and um one of my favorites is e releases and i've got a, a a graphic for them again on my blog on my blog slash blog um i've got a link to that in the right side of the page um another one that i like is pr web both of those are paid services and you want to use a paid service because they are the only ones that send your press release out to the press there are free Um, press release distribution services, but they just house your content on their site. They don't send it out. They house it, and then you have to hope that a journalist comes there and finds it and uses it. And stranger things have happened, quite honestly. Um, But if you want to push it out there, you have to use a paid press release distribution service. Um, So that's the media side of it. Now, you also can put it up On your website, you should have, as an author, you should have a Press Room tab on your website where you've got your book announcement press release, you've got your author bio, you've got your headshot, you've got your um, book cover image, um, any other press materials you put out, including your tip sheets. That way anybody, any journalist who happens upon it knows that since it's in the press room, that journalist can copy and paste that information and use it in any way, shape, or form possible, which is what you want with press material. You want it to get as widely disseminated as possible. So you put it in your press room for that reason, but also because it improves your search engine optimization, your SEO for your website, it makes it more likely that anybody searching for any of the keywords in your tip sheet will then find your tip sheet on in your press room and benefit from it. You can also send it out to bloggers that they can use as content for their sites. You can use it um to help um you can use it to pitch help you pitch story ideas um to media outlets. It's um you can journalists love to build entire entire articles around the topic in your tip sheets, and your tip sheet gives them a very good starting point and ensures that you will be featured in that article on the tip sheet topic. Um, you can use them um, with if you're going to do a blog tour, as you've suggested, you write a, several of these tip sheets, and each one could become a guest post as part of your blog tour. Um, you can do video versions of them. You can do audio versions of them. All kinds of ways to repackage that content so that it really works hard for you.
0: So wonderful. This is Marnie. We're talking today with Sandra Beckwith of Build Book Buzz. You guys got to go check out that website, buildbookbuzz.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the mistakes you must avoid going forward. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more. All available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E dot com. Welcome back. We're coming into the home stretch here with our guest today, Sandra Beckwith of buildBookbuzz.com. Sandra, let's uh, before we go on to the things that you've got mistakes to avoid, for sure, I did want to just ask a clarifying question: How often do you make up and send out a new tip sheet to media outlets? What's too much? What's too little? In an ideal world, if an author can
1: do it, I would recommend one a month. I think that gives you a steady flow of content, and it really is a great way of keeping your name in front of those journalists who are important to you so that even, even if they never use any of your tip sheets, when it comes time to interviewing somebody with your expertise, they will remember to contact
0: you because they've been hearing from you every month. Love that. That's such great great advice. And the other thing I was thinking was, um, uh, it's gone. <laughs> there was a thought there. <laughs> I don't know where it went. Maybe we'll come back later. Let's talk about the mistakes to avoid. Yeah, and
1: some of these, you know, to tell you the truth, Marnie, they're, they're mistakes that the pros make as well. The first one the pros don't make, however, and that is um, don't, don't wait for things to happen. Uh, don't... Uh-huh. Um, Don't not take action. I guess that's maybe a double negative. But what you really have to do is take action. You are not going to be discovered on your own. You just just aren't. I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. So you really have to be proactive about publicizing your book. You might have a great story. You might have great content that people need to know about. You might have information in your book that can change lives. But if you don't make the effort to let your audience know about that, they're not going to know. So um, don't do nothing and be very proactive. So, so that's that first mistake. The other mistake is something that you also touched on as well. Um, too many people focus on themselves and their book, and they don't focus on being newsworthy. And a key point I want to make that that you triggered in something you said earlier is um, in spite of what you might hear from a lot of so-called marketing experts, when it comes to publicity, you are not the product. You are not the news. You are not the story. It's the information you can bring to people that is the product and is the news. And if you make it all about you – If it's a me, me, me kind of approach, you're not going to get very far at all. But if you make it about serving, if you make it about helping, if you make it about sharing what you know, uh, then you will do very, very well. So, So don't make the mistake of believing those people who say, you are the brand, you are the product. When it comes to creating your author website, yeah, you got to have some branding going on. But when it comes to communicating with the press, it's it's just not all about you because cause they just aren't interested. You know, your mother is, but they aren't. And you know, Sandra, I just, one, to, let, oh, yeah.
0: just a second. Let me just interject here or something. Uh, the way that I found you – was that you had an article that was actually published in a newsletter that I received, and the content of that article is what we're talking about right now. It's it's just except that you've gone into much more detail here on the air, but it's what triggered it. And you didn't have anything in there about me, me, me. There was nothing about you, Sandra. I had to I had to go find you. And who wrote this? I got to find out who wrote this. <laughs> so oh, good. that's great, and it but, and it
1: worked out. You, and it, I'll be and honest and with that, you, Marnie. I'm, I don't care about me. I'm not. I'm not interested in me. I'm not interested in telling you about me. But if I can help you get the word right. out
0: about your book, Marnie, then I'm happy. Well, and that's really what we all have to be thinking about. How can I bring the most help to the most people? And if if we're on that page and we're out there sharing sharing the information that we have to share, the, the strategies that we have to share, then all of a sudden things change. Okay, go back number three. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, another one is just how you deliver your information. When you are sending material to the press, two things. First of all, don't attach it. it. They don't like attachments. Copy and paste everything into the body of your email. And when you've got press materials, say, up on your website in your press room, don't have them up there in a PDF format. And, you know, I'll tell you, Marnie, I get these things from all kinds of publicists, and they send me um news in a pdf format here's the deal not everybody has compatible software for this meaning not everybody can copy and paste from a pdf file in some cases when you copy and paste out of a pdf because you want to use that information in an article in a blog post whatever you lose all the formatting and you have to go in and figure out where the paragraph breaks oh where are the bullets that sort of thing so you don't want to distribute that information in a PDF format. You want it in a text format that's easy to just copy and paste. So ditch the PDFs, again, no matter what anybody tells you. As somebody who has to use these, because I write for a living, I'll tell you, they're they're a pain in the neck. Um, uh-huh. Another one, I've got two more, or just really one more for you, and, and then an example that goes with one. Um, Learn to accept no. So on the one hand, I tell you, you have to be aggressive and proactive. On the other hand, there's nothing worse than when you pitch a story and the journalist says, you know, no, it's really not a good fit for us, and then you try to talk them into using it anyway. (laughs) They really know. They know their business, and and no means no. And, you know, just a recent example of that, I just saw this on Facebook yesterday. I have a friend who's a writer. um, A publicist um, pitched her on attending a press event of some sort. You know, she was saying, here's what's going on. We'd like you to attend. Um, My friend replied with a reason why she couldn't attend, uh, which actually I would not have done. I would have just said no. But anyway, she said, I'm sorry I can't attend. I need to take my father to his doctor's appointment. And Marnie, the publicist, replied with, would you like us to set you up with an audio feed so that you can participate remotely from the doctor's office? Hmm. How how bizarre is that? You know, she's taking her father to the doctor. She's not going to participate in a press conference when she needs to be communicating with her elderly father's doctor, you know? So that's an example of not taking no for an answer, and that's how a professional does it. Let's all rise above that and understand that we can learn from no's, and we, when somebody says no to us, we can say totally understand it. Um, is, you know, is there a way, um, uh, what idea would you use that I might be able to help Help you with, or something like that, you can perhaps turn it into a learning experience, but you do need to accept the no
0: um, What are some subtle mistakes that even the pros make
1: well that's one of them the pros the pros <laughs> um, <laughs> are the pros are not good at accepting no that's one of them. The pros also use this pdf format that's one of them, but the biggest mistake the pros make um is this math audience this mass market approach they don't take the time to get to know the journalist and what that journalist covers or they don't take the time to get to understand the media outlet and where their client would fit into that entire media outlet's plan so they pitch very very generically and not Hmm. specifically and And they lose out on a lot. Just like you said, you know, you tune them out. And you might have tuned out a couple of really good, great guest ideas for you. But because those people don't, they don't know really who they're sending these ideas to, um, you've learned to just automatically delete them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, they don't even come into my main bin. They just go into a separate box because I already know. You know, if I have time and I need a guest, I'll maybe go through there, but... We had so many, you know, so many pitches that you don't you don't necessarily need to go through every pitch. You know, you can you can just take the top ones, right? You know you guys, we are out of time. This hour just flew by, Sandra. What a fantastic guest and just great content. Thank you so much. Thank you, I'm so glad you found me. This was really fun. Well, and I'm just so proud of you doing what you were created to do, and you obviously are very good at it. You guys want to go check out her website, Build Book com. That's BuildBookBuzz.com. We've been visiting today with Sandra Beckwith. And go check that out. Thank you for joining us for How to Generate Media Buzz for your book. And we'll see you again next time. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW
1: void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.